This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I am joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I am very good. I walked out my front door this morning and got that nice smell of fall in the air, that like cool, crisp breeze. And I don't care what any calendar in the world has today to say. Fall started today in my eyes. Football, I'm, I'm getting ready already for football this weekend. It was cool. It was leaf catching season. Yesterday on my run, there was leaves falling. I was like getting all kinds of jazz up. It is fall. Let's go. For a runner, that is probably the single greatest feeling in the world. The, that first fall crisp. And as always, at the new and improved House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent how are you doing, bud? You hear that, Megan? It's still the House of Sav. The House of Sav has not gone anywhere. I don't want to ruin my, my Trent, how you doing, but I do want to comment on, on the fall thing. I just got back from a run, a little chilly. Like my nipples are a little like you know hard from the from the cool breeze coming in. It feels great. But what I want to say is, is we've got our ass kicked on this podcast a lot by technology. It yes. it always wins. We haven't found a way to to beat it out. Uh, it always seems to outkick us right at the end, just as I think we're doing well. But, boys, I finally have my mic working. Sometimes the listeners may have seen it in the camera uh, on the Skype video and stuff like that. It's never been working before. It sounds so good. I can't believe it. I'm nervous to podcast. I feel like a professional <laughs> podcaster now just listening to my headphones and hearing myself speak. It is the strangest thing. I'm, I, I'm a nervous wreck right now. Trent, I have... honestly didn't know that's what your voice sounded like. You have a very <laughs> nice voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we, we have three microphones up and running right now. First time in podcast history for Peak Too Early. We're, we're, we're making moves. We're going places, guys. Take that well, technology. And, and in perfect timing to uh, keep the momentum going for – I just want to say thanks again to Craig Angles for coming on, promoting the hell out of the podcast because our listenership like went five times this past week. So if you're listening to Peak Too Early and you're a brand-new listener – Welcome along for the ride. I'm pumped up. Seeing the numbers just spike through the roof after that interview had me all kinds of fired up. Yeah, no, that was awesome. It was it was a ton of fun to ton of fun to watch the numbers spike and um, kind of you know attract more people to our podcast and just kind of grow the community. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a community of like-minded runners here, and uh, you know I think the 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 Craig Engels bump really helped without that helped with that. Um, hey. We got a lot to talk about. We got some Fifth Avenue Mile to, to recap. We got some other things we need to talk about. Before we do that, I want to talk about The Feed, boys. The Feed, that's thefeed.com, is an online sports nutrition vendor and the number one resource for athletes. The Feed offers everything you need for training, racing, recovering, sleep, anti-aging, weight loss, and health. The feed, the feed even carries products that can cure a hangover from a post-race celebration. The feed carries over 200 brands of the best sports nutrition recovery products and supplements. Whether you're looking for hydration products, gels, energy bars, foam rollers, CBD products, or quality supplements, the feed carries it all. 
Brands like Martin, Goo, Honey, Stinger, Cliff Bar, Infinite, RX Bar, Vital Fit, all of your brands that you could possibly want for running and recovery. Um, so we got a new partnership over the next couple of weeks with The Feed, guys. That's thefeed.com, T-H-E-F-E-E-D.com. And they're offering a special promotion for our listeners. If you go onto The Feed and you buy something and you enter promo code P2E15, they will give you 15% off of your order until November 30th. And if you make a purchase between now and November 30th, then yet that offer for you continues throughout the end of the year, all the way until December 31st. Boys, how about that? How about the feed? I mean, first of all, I mean, I feel like I'm listening to the most professional podcast in the world with that ad read. Like, holy smokes. That was awesome. That got all the tingles going. But speaking <laughs> of tingles, I, me and Steve have talked about in the past how horrible expos are. And Trent, I know you got your weird thing with marathon expos. But when I found out about the feed and I was like on their website, I got so happy because I never have to go to marathon expo ever again. Literally everything you will ever need as a runner is at this thing. They got your, your like, uh, like chafe cream. I know mm. you're big into that. Uh, they got, like, foam rollers. Oh, yes. They got all kinds of stuff. They got the, the goos and whatever. And there, there's never, like, a place where all that stuff is together. I remember one time I was in Seattle, like, looking for all the stuff before my marathon. I was trying to come home, and I was trying to pick. It took me an entire day to get around Seattle and, like, collect goos and, like, hydration stuff and salt tablets. Not anymore. This place has got it all. I'm pumped. Wait, did did the ad have like three pages? I only saw the first. Was was that? Was that <laughs> no, the that was real. Mike? That was from the, that was from the heart. That was straight from the heart. Now I'm gonna that's go real, in there. That's real talk. I'm gonna go on the feed. I'm gonna pick up some. I need some more hydration. But you know what? I'm all out of beta alanine, so I need to pick some of that up, oh, guys. T- and that's, I, that's I want to get tingling. To some tingles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, the feed is uh was brought to our attention by our good friend of the program, Riley Masters. He uh he supports the the feed. He gets all of his all of his nutrition and everything he needs on the feed. So go check it out. Do us a favor and go check out the feed and use promo code P2E15. There's something about you saying promo code P2E is maybe the best thing I've ever heard <laughs> on this podcast. That is amazing. I love it so much. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Well, so we we talked about the Fifth Avenue Mile our experience running it and we kind of went back to the hotel we recorded and then we went back out to watch the elites run and so we went out there we had a great time i mean it's just like we said on the the podcast last week just a a world-class event just so much fun to get out there and watch um but it was it was a a pretty exciting race on on both the men's and women's side yeah it's such a interesting dynamic where there's no turns and there's no real strategy you pretty much just line up and everyone just runs straight as hard as they can so the finishes you don't have to like bump out to lane three and try and finish around something you're just going straight in so i made these crazy finishes on the men's side if if this was a football game you would see challenge bags flags that's how close the finish was like you see the tape break and i was like i literally don't even know who won that we had to like go to our phones to check the results because it was so damn close that dynamic makes it such a cool race and something like i've never seen before I love the uh, the little hill about the half mile there. I mean, it, it feels more than a little hill when you're running it, um, but it's probably not that big. But anyways, you, you watch this 
group of people just come barreling down like right over the half so you can see them it's like you know it feels like the finish line should be right there because this is perfectly straight road race and you're just watching everybody come barreling down the hill um open up the stride and then both the men's and the women's race like it, it doesn't get any closer than that for both of them it was it was incredible yeah so we were standing right at the 1500 meter mark so we you know we were set up nice where you know, we could see the final kicks and kind of it all unfold right in front of us as it was heading into the finish. Um, but we could also kind of look up the street. And as the runners are kind of cresting that hill at the 800 meter mark, just kind of running down towards us for like a half a mile. It was really cool. So um, we had our phones up. So we were watching the the live feed on our phones for the beginning of the race. And um, Sam Parsons, he did the same thing that he did last year where he went out hard for the first half. He, um, so there's a thousand dollar bonus if you're the first one to the um, to the uh, 800 meter mark. Um, but the catch is you you have to be the first one there. You also have to get under four minutes in the mile for the race. So he went out hard last year. He got the bonus last year, and it was very obvious right from the start he was going to do the same thing. So he led the charge. He got to the top of the hill, and as they started cresting the hill, the the pack kind of caught up, and the the rest of the race unfolded. Um, but we were watching him come down just i mean it, it's you know you don't really get to appreciate how fast these guys and girls are moving until they're like right in front of you going in a straight line and watching you know our, our guys like riley masters you know morgan mcdonald johnny gregoric just kind of barrel down and are fighting for position heading into that that final stretch there it was very very cool to watch hey shout out to uh the sam parsons real quick for the fist bump and when he knew he had just like <laughs> locked up the thousand, because awesome. I think he knew he probably, I mean, he, he went for the dub, like even after that, but like, I think he knew he wasn't gonna hold on. Uh, but the fist bump, he was just like, no shame, like I'm out here to make another thousand bucks, and then I don't care what plays are coming as long as I get sub four. And he, I think, he easily had sub four. He like looked at the camera, he knew where the camera was. That's a that's a pro move to know exactly where the camera is and, and give eye contact <laughs> and give the fist bump. Yeah, there, there's something special about, like, in the middle of a race, somebody with just, like, an energetic fist bump. And then you look at the field, and he's, you know, 10 meters ahead of everybody. And like you said, kind of knowing that he's going to get caught, but just that he had that moment, and you couldn't take that away from him. I wanted to do another quick shout-out, too. On the woman's side, Jenny Simpson, she won for, like, I think the seventh or eighth year in a row. She owns that race. And not only... <laughs> did she celebrate for like a straight hour? Like she was out on the finish line running around the flag, just soaking it all in. It was so awesome. But then the announcer, when they won, Trey, you might remember what she's, what they said better, but their announcer, they're like the, the, the queen of the fifth Avenue mile. She owns this race. Like just the rhetoric. They went on for like 10 seconds, just the coolest nicknames they ever could. It was, it was awesome. It was like the queen in New York. She runs this city. The legend. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And in a photo finish, she outleaned um, L. Purrier um, at the finish line, who put up an amazing fight. I mean, I actually thought she was going to get her, but Jenny Simpson, just with that experience, knowing when to when to lean, when to, when to give that final push into the finish, um, she just can't be stopped out there at the Fifth Avenue mile. And she then, can't be stopped. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, she she's just a, she's a, a force to be reckoned with out there um, in the mile. But you know, so she's the queen. 
of the Fifth Avenue Mile. And then, you know, Nick Willis is the king of the Fifth Avenue Mile. Oh, yeah. I think he's won it a, a couple times. And you want to talk about strategy and a, and a veteran knowing what they're doing out there. He didn't even, I mean, I couldn't even, I, I wouldn't have picked him to be the winner of the entire race. But right at the final, right at the finish, you know, nipping the tape, out leaning, you know, two or three guys at the finish, just a, a very dramatic finish. It was, it's everything you want to see in a mile race. A fire British accent too. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever he is, he was, he seemed like the man too, right? Cause he knew yeah. how to celebrate both him and Jenny Hustle. Like Jenny like knew exactly how to hold the flag. She's done this a thousand times before and she's just running around with the flag in the wind. And then Nick's coming over and there was some dude that he went to grade school with or something. Cause we're right there oh, yeah. at the finish at this point. <laughs> And there's some guy that he, he grew up with. And the race director is like, like, Nick, we need you on the podium to take pictures and stuff. And he's like, hold on, it's my mic here. And they're just like taking pictures <laughs> together. And he just was such a chill dude. Like, yo, the podium can wait. I want to take pictures of, with my old mate from crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think he like really knew that guy. I think they knew each other like 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And so we, so we hung around. We watched Elite Mile. And then Trent had to get on a bus. And probably take the most miserable bus ride of his life back to Boston. Um, Mike and I hung around. We watched some football, um, and then we uh, we tried to go meet up with uh, with a couple of the elite athletes at uh, up at Coogan's in New York after the fact. And we we did get to meet up with a couple people. So I saw I saw when we first got there, I saw uh, Pat Casey, uh, Miler out of Oklahoma, and we were talking to him and. The first thing he said, you know, we were talking to him. The first thing he says to me is like, he's like, geez, man. He goes, I was 19 at a, I was 19th place out of 20 people today with a 358. He's like, can you effing believe that? He goes, I ran a 358 today and I was 19th out of 20. He's like, where else in the world does that happen? And Which I mean, it's so nothing, true. I know so that true. you just have to laugh. I mean, like, it's like, you know, you had some of like the most unbelievable miles in the world out there doing the damn thing, um, just crushing a mile out there. But um, it was it was fun hanging out with him. It was fun to see him. And then, um, yeah. And then and then we uh, we got to we got to have a couple beers with uh, with Craig Engel's former teammate, uh, Robert Dominic, who um, was having a good time. He he ended his season that night. So you know, he hung out kind of late, had a couple beers with us, but it was good to to hang out at Coogan's with a couple of the the runners and just kind of, you know, have a have a have a night where the where the runners let loose a little bit and enjoyed a enjoyed a fun time in New York City. Yeah, I feel like I got a glimpse into the uh, professional running uh, world a little bit and kind of like their niche community because they they had this bar Coogan's. It's a track bar. It's way outside of like the center of the city, so it was pretty much just the track people in there and they're out there having a blasting and karaoke doing the thing. A lot of their seasons are over. So they're all just getting after it, having a great time. But even like before we got to the bar, I remember talking to our guy, Johnny G and we came up to him and just said, Hey man, nice race. And you know, it wasn't his best day. He had just come from Europe three days before where he had just run a race there. So he was just kind of making the trip to, to get another race in his, his team wanted him there. And so I, I went up to him expecting him to be disappointed and mad because his race didn't go so well and we were talking he's like oh hey what's up it's the p2e boys and he's like ah not my day out there but you know what i was like yeah you just came from europe he's like you're right i just gotta i gotta come and i gotta make that money real quick so (laughs) it's stuff that we never think about right it's like i would never want to get on a plane fly from europe all the way to new york and then race that day but i mean he is getting paid to do it and just travel all over the world and have it happen and they all went to the bar and have an awesome night after we crashed their party we were taking shots at them having a grand old time and it, it was pretty cool to see that community and what 
you know, th- those are the runners that we talk about. Those are the, the, the community of runners that are the badasses of the sport and that we're trying to preach their message and show their personalities a little bit. The badasses and also super approachable, right? So if you're a fan of running, you, you got to get to these races. I don't think I realized it till till very recently, like doing the podcast and going to the Fifth Avenue Mile and, and stuff. But we just kind of show up and we go near the finish line at the end. And these guys just walk out. They're just some of the best milers, you know, in the country, right? And so maybe some of them are some of the best milers in the entire world. And after the race, they just kind of stumble out and they'll shake hands with anybody that's near. So, you know, if you're you're into these uh, into track and field and stuff, you got to just find a way to get to these races. It was it was funny. We saw Morgan and he was getting pulled over. Right. They had to do a drug test. <laughs> yeah, on I, him. Forgot like, I can't talk, boys. I, I got to go get my, like, a drug test or something like that. And it's just it's so like a relaxed atmosphere considering how elite these athletes are. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. We we kind of hustled down to the finish um, to see if we could kind of, you know, you know, catch and say hi to any of the guys that we knew. And uh, Morgan was walking right out and we went up to him. He shook his hand and like, hey, nice race, man. Nice to meet you in person. Um, and we were talking to him and there was a guy like an official jacket behind him just kind of <laughs> staring at us and just kind of like grilling us. And he's like, you know, we were like talking to him like, hey, you know, what are you doing tonight and stuff like that. And the guy's like, he's like, I wish I could talk, boys. And he just points to the guy behind him. He goes, I got to go get drug tested. <laughs> but can you imagine that? Just like running a great race, crossing the finish line. And they're like, all right, come on. You got to go pee in this cup. Yeah. Did we get yeah, the results? Like, Do we know what's going on with Morgan? Oh, Morgan's clean. Oh, that's Morgan's true. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a uh, great time at the Fifth Avenue Mile. Maybe we'll head back again next year. So anyways, there was a massive... 5k race at the portland 5000 where um woody kincaid lopez lamong and matt sensuitz all ran the 5k and they ran some blazing fast times woody kincaid 12:58, a 12:58 5k which puts him fifth all time in the u.s and then right behind him lopez lamong ran a 13 flat 0.13 and matt sensuitz 1500 meter runner ran a 13 point uh, ran a 13 flat as well 0.39 so three of the most three of the top 10 us 5k times of of all time just done um you know shortly before world championships this is an i mean i'm looking at these times i can't believe it so no no offense to Woody Kincaid, like unbelievable performance, 1258. That's blazing. But if I had told you before this race that Woody Kincaid, Lopez Lemong, and Matt Centra step on a track, and I asked you to power rank that real quick, there's not a person listening to this podcast on this podcast that would say that that would be the order. There's just no way. I don't care what the distance is. There's just, there's no way that that's the order you put him in. So unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. And he's the fifth fastest of of all time in America. That's wild. All, it's worth mentioning that all three of these guys are uh, Bowerman track club guys. So um, they, they, all three of them, it's a, it's a Nike track club, right? But it's different than, so, so Nike has a bunch of, bunch of teams that they sponsor. Like last week we talked to Craig Engels, which is part of the Oregon project. Um, these three guys run under um, the Bowerman track club, which is a, it's a, it's kind of like their, you know, I hate to say more, uh, most elite, but it, it kind of is, it's like all their top it's, it's, it's most, it's a lot of their top guys. Um, Oregon distance project is, is kind of on the same level. You could argue it's a, a step below. Whatever they are running, they, they look freaking cool and fast. I was looking at the pictures of this. Where, where were we boys? This is a, an <laughs> under the, the lights meet, right? So it's, it's, you know, dark out. 
the track is is you know around a little forest or whatever but the fans are right up on it like this oh, looked yeah. like the most exciting you know i know we we're just like getting all hyped about the fifth avenue mile which is great but this looked you know just insane the excitement level um he was saying i think i saw a quote from him something like you know there was no security out there it felt like we were playing street ball or something and it it felt like a high school track meet where you have like one old official trying to yell at everybody to get back get back and everybody <laughs> just ignoring him so you're gonna get disqualified and you're like screw you you're not gonna disqualify me and everybody's getting pushed up i'm not uh, disqualified you're disqualified <laughs> <laughs> right it just seems electric out there. I just, I don't know. It, it's yeah. it's so cool. And it was like nighttime. It started yeah. raining. Like the, the atmosphere was pro- pretty much as cool as you could possibly get. I would have loved to have been at that meet. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about, right? How do you do stuff that's different, that draws these kind of crowds, that has a different kind of energy? And clearly it worked, right? You put these three guys on the line, the energy on that track must have been amazing. And then they run the three, three of the top 10 fastest times ever on some random middle of the woods track i mean that's crazy no that's not some random middle of the woods well, track. that's that's it, the, it's, it's that's the track at nike headquarters which is probably the coolest track in the world right so but it's don't, like don't they purposely put it like in the middle of the woods or something like they, that they make so it's not it a random not a random yeah, track but it's it's probably like one of the most famous tracks in the world but i right. mean it's like they make it look like it's in the middle of the woods so the entire infield is filled with trees the entire you yeah. know surrounding the track is filled with trees so it looks like you're running on this track like like you said in the you know that would you would just stumble upon in the middle of the woods so yeah. it's it's very cool um awesome atmosphere yeah i agree the sport needs to do more stuff like this What's the uh, what's the new segment we have for Badass of the Week or something? Oh, the Sav of the Week. Sav of the Week. Can, we, can right. we give it to this guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, we, we will name we will name Woody Kincaid, the fifth <laughs> fastest U.S. 5K runner of all time. You are congratulations. You are the Sav of the Week. Trent, 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 do you want to argue against the Sav of the Week uh, yeah, nominee yeah. again? Yeah, I mean, when you you're sitting on Lopez and Sancho and everything, is there really that impressive? Well, hold on. Okay. So I wasn't going to bring this up, but I will say one thing. He was asked about if he regrets, or not regrets, but, uh, you know, is feeling upset now because he, he didn't qualify for Worlds at the USA a month ago. And, you know, you just ran a 12.58. Do you think back now, like, oh, man, I, I could have had an opportunity to be in the Worlds team? And he did, his answer to that was, oh, well, I wasn't in 12.58 shape a month ago. I was like, okay. A month ago, you, you couldn't make the world team, and all of a sudden you're the fifth fastest 5K runner of all time. What were you doing in that one month that all of a sudden made you, you know, one of the best U, uh, U.S. distance runners to walk the planet? I, so still the Sabbath of the week. Still the Sabbath of the week, but, yeah, that one answer kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, this, um, this race begs the question, is Centro in the wrong event? Like, do we well, need him? Yeah. Do we need to bump him up? Is it time for Centro to start thinking about the 5K, 10K? It also He's... begs the question, did uh, Craig Angles uh, ruin Matt Centurance's 1,500-meter career? He's, like, <laughs> going up, pushing up distance. I think Craig's in his head. He's got to find a new race. When's the last time Centro won a race, guys? I know. That guy, <laughs> he's on a big-time losing streak. Uh, we do have Doha coming up, so... Can I just say I, I do I do love uh, Sav of the Week and then like shade on Sav of the Week. <laughs> I love like naming a guy who's like this is the you know the most badass guy in running right now and then we're like wow. I also well love- it's, it's cra- classic runner mentality. You could run like a PR uh, you know run an unbelievable race but cross the line and be like 
man, you know, I just, I wish I'd run faster out there. You know, I just, it wasn't my bet. You know, I could have done better. I could have trained a little harder. So, you know, you're, you're, I feel like you're all runners are always questioning themselves and thinking that they could have done better. I, I also love the classic peak too early mentality where we made it very clear on that podcast that that was going to be a weekly segment and we haven't done it in like four weeks. So <laughs> that's that's just kind of our thing. We throw ideas out there just to be never, ever touched again. And maybe we'll, we'll bring them back up in a couple of months. You never know. <laughs> you got you to gotta earn Sav of the Week. We, I mean, if nobody earned it that week, then we can't just give it out to anybody. I mean, maybe my performance at Fifth and Avenue last week deserved it, but you know, <laughs> didn't want to give it to me. <laughs> You're right. We should have given you Sav of the Week. What's um, up? <laughs> um, Yes, but we do need to get back on that. I like that idea. We got it. So, hey, actually, if people want to submit their Sav of the Week, just to recap for all of our new listeners, if you would like, you could submit your Sav of the Week, which is a person that had an unbelievable running performance. It could be the the fifth fastest 5K in the world, or it could be a local road race. It could be a cross-country race. If somebody had an unbelievable performance, DM us on Instagram, and we'll give them a shout-out as the Sav of the Week. Yeah, I would say we'll we'll at least give you like a mention. I'm not gonna give Sav of the Week to anybody that DMs in. I know a couple hooligans in my life that are gonna start messing with that. But if we get the engagement, <laughs> I say they definitely get a shout out. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, so speaking of cross country, we, at the top of the show, we were talking about that crisp air in the fall and how if you're a runner and you step outside for, for your run and it's like a 57, 60 degree day there, you know, the first couple leaves are falling and you just have an unbelievable run out there. Like that's the best feeling in the world because you know that it is cross country season. And we are, even though we have world championships coming up on the track here in the United States of America. It is the beginning of cross-country season. That's, I mean, it's just, that's just the way it is. Um, so to get in the spirit of cross-country season, we, you know, we said it from the beginning of the show. We are going to dive into NCAA cross-country. Like, that's what we want to follow. We want to, you know, have a lot. We want to get a lot of athletes from NCAA cross-country on to interview them. Um, we picked, and uh, two episodes ago, we picked our teams who the three of us are going to be following closely. So. To get in the move, to get in the, the cross-country spirit, we, we had on John Dressel from University of Colorado. He's a Buffalo. He's one of my guys from my team. Um, so let's get into it, our interview with, uh, with John Dressel. All right, everybody. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but we are switching gears from track season, and we are starting to talk about cross-country season. So we got a special guest for you today from the legendary Colorado Buffaloes. He finished ninth at NCAA championship last year, and he's one of the top athletes going into the 2019 season. John Dressel, welcome to Peak Too Early. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, uh, you know, we we, uh, we reached out to you and wanted to have you on. We, we started, we're, like I said, we're looking ahead to cross country. We're getting all pumped out for pretty much the, the best part of our sport. And, um, uh, Colorado, the uh, the coaches poll just came out, and you're ranked fourth overall. How do you feel about that? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think for us, like the rankings don't mean a whole lot because um, we know like we've been putting in quite a bit of work this summer, and obviously, Flow Track, you know, they're kind of the first ones that get the rankings out because they want to they want to have that out first and they ranked us 11th so we just found it kind of Ooh. funny that they ranked us 11th and then the actual coaches poll ranked us fourth which i think the coaches poll is a little bit more accurate um but what's fun is like 
you know, being on the team, you know the work that the guys have put in. And um, we don't really pay too much attention to the rankings other than knowing that, you know, we're not in the limelight of being ranked number one. So that puts us in a good position to, uh, I guess, surprise people, you know, later on when the season starts and everything. John, that's a very uh, polished answer right there. <laughs> well coached and everything. You know, if if I see that I'm disrespected like that, you know, on a flow track, I'm getting all pissed. I'm making burner accounts. I'm tweeting at it. And then when I get that coach's pull out, I'm definitely celebrating with my friends. Like, we're having a nice, you know, good run and then popping a little champagne, giving ourselves yeah. a little victory. For the, and then we're, we're working hard after that. But, uh, you know, tell us how you really felt when, uh, when flow track <laughs> came out with that number 11. Uh, to be honest, I don't know why Flowtrack's in business anymore. <laughs> there it is. That's what I wanted to hear. Let's go. We agree. Not, not just with their rankings, but also just with their regular commentary on other athletes. And I think they have a little bit more of an immature take on our sport. And a lot of people look up to them to, you know, kind of spread love for track and field and cross country. But I do think that throughout the years, there's some distaste, you know, among the track and field. Uh, I don't know, just among the people who are doing the sport. And um, even the coaches pull, like, to be honest, I felt like I was kind of shocked that they ranked Washington a little bit high, but like, you know, third based on how they were last fall. But I, I mean, I don't really know who they who they really brought in for the incoming class, but I think, you know, racing Madison last fall and then kind of looking a little bit on flow tracks analysis of like BYU and NEU and who they think is their top guys. I think it's going to be a very interesting season because I don't think there's a very clear individual favorite. And I don't think there's a very clear team favorite, even though, you know, NAU three-peated last fall, they lost some really key guys for them. And I think they're relying on uh, Jordy Beamish and Brody Hasty, and Brody's yet to prove himself on cross country and it'll be interesting to see about Jordy but you know both guys are very talented but same with like BYU they're kind of reliant on some very good steeplechasers but um, when I look at the results of NCAs and where the steep, how, how high up the steeplechasers have placed in the national finals it, it kind of makes things interesting and exciting for us, because we think that puts us in a position to kind of make some upsets later in the season, but that's just you know how I feel. But <laughs> I I love it. I love the um, you know we're big on rivalries in this podcast. We're we're big on uh, you know talking a little smack, getting a little contentious, and I love you uh, hating on Flow Track a little bit, giving a little shade sure. to Washington. I'm my myself. I'm not a big uh, UW fan. But who is like, do you guys have one particular team who, you know, you consider your rivals and, you know, when you when you see that you're lining up next to them, you maybe get a little bit of extra or, you know, you're coming coming down into the last mile and you see a certain color uniform and it's like, all right, I got to I got to beat this guy right here. Oh, man. Um, I mean, one team I didn't mention was Stanford, you know, uh, I would have to say they... Yeah, I think Stanford because, you Love know, it. we had that conference. Um, we had that 
history of just consistent winning Pac-12s, and I think they were the first team to upset us when I was hurt two years ago. So when I was in the Hydro Works, you know, dealing with a planner injury, seeing my team lose by just a handful of points for the first time in the Pac-12, when the Pac-12s became a thing for cross-country, uh, it kind of stung a little bit, not going to lie. You know, when I was a sophomore, the the uh, or I guess coming in as a freshman, the fifth years were like, you don't want to be that team that loses this, you know, reign for the first time. And, you know, here we are now. We didn't win last fall, and so we actually got third. But I would have to say, like, yes, Stanford, they're, like, interconference. I think they're going to be pretty solid. But, um, of course, it's like everything's out of respect, too. But Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like you said, like we'll, we'll cut that me. part. Every, <laughs> yeah, every, every runner, you know, definitely has their own feelings about which teams they get fired up about and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> so, are you guys? Um, I, I would assume you're at a training camp right now, right? Yeah. Well, we just started school last week, so we're okay. two weeks in right now, and um, official practice started a week prior to school starting, but. So we've had we've had some good days of meeting up already. Yeah, how's the um? What's the feeling in the locker room right now? Are you guys, I, you guys obviously on paper have a super strong team, and you're you're going to be in the mix. But you can kind of sense it early on in the season. Do you feel like you guys got the core group, the team to kind of go after and get that national championship this year? I think so. Yeah, I think what's exciting is. Um, we have some very young guys incoming freshmen that will be some key players for our top five and top seven. Um, we have a walk-on from last year, and he his name's Alec. It's been fun seeing him grow and get really better with his running. I think he'll be kind of a, an impact for our top seven as well, that you know, flow track or maybe the coaches pull didn't really recognize. But... Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I've been training with Joe a lot. He and I are looking really solid. Um, Paxton's coming back. He's been putting in some work. Um, we definitely have, like, some things to work on, but, you know, it's only beginning of September, so there's still a lot left, a lot, tr- lot more training left. But I think it's, um, I think we're just excited with, like, what we believe in, like, the potential that we think we have. To kind of Absolutely. do that, and I think it helps that Joe and I and like Lalo Paxton, we have that kind of experience from last fall. Yeah, um, to kind of help guide the younger guys. So I want to get back into uh, preseason a little bit. I know you guys are now beyond preseason, and uh, preseason is always my favorite time of the year. Right, everyone's getting back together. The boys are together uh, for that first week. You don't have classes and stuff like that, so it's just best time of the year. I'm not. I'm not talking about workouts or anything to do with practice. What What traditions are there down at Colorado that go down at uh, preseason? Because I know every single school's got you know their little traditions, their quirky things that they do. What's going down out there in Colorado? Um. Well, we brought back the team camp. Um, as mentioned, like running with the Buffaloes, we had a team camp. But then, for a long time, that got kind of. Um, we kind of got ripped, like I don't know the guys prior to me being here they stopped that but we kind of brought that back last summer because it was a good way of bringing 
all of us together, having the freshmen included, getting to know us more before like we start finally practicing. Um, and then usually, of course, like probably every other team, we have a little preseason like get together. Uh, you know, <laughs> no freshman hazing. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, we have like meetings, like no hazing at all. I mean, honestly, we're pretty like laid back, pretty serious guys. Uh, not, not what you would say a usual collegiate team you know for sure yeah. but, all of us all of us are d2 guys so we had all the shenanigans <laughs> you guys are all business i mean you guys you guys are the elite of the elite we were idiots at training camp <laughs> I mean, programs like oregon and stuff like those guys you know they like to have fun quite quite a bit here and there but i would say the coaches do a pretty good job like putting in the expectation of you know what they want out of us and uh, we don't go crazy too much, like probably once before the season starts. And then, of course, after nationals, more or less if we do really well. But, yeah, not nothing too crazy. But. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's cool how it, the teams work like that, right? You're you attract like the recruits that come and do the overnights. And, and it's the people that are like the personalities, I would say, is the most important thing almost when kids are coming in, especially out of high school, because everybody Sure. You know, taking recruiting trips is stud, right? Um, and so right. it's like, who's going to mesh with the guys and who's going to have a good time there? And when you're doing that, you're going to thrive. So it, it's fun to see, like, teams. Like, cultures really stay, like, years and years and years like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I was I was stalking you a little bit on social media, and I was checking out your Twitter, and I saw that you uh, you had a bone to pick today with uh, with Max Kellerman calling yeah. track not a sport. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's just he's just the classic troll, but what an idiot! What an what a dumb thing to say. Yeah, just a clown, man. Like, just funny because you know he's not even playing sports, but he's just talking about sports, acting like he does play, you know. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I there's not much to say. Like, it's just common sense, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, every every. I was just going through my Twitter feed, looking at all the hate that he was getting. I was just loving it, man. I was just liking all these tweets. And <laughs> and, um, yeah, no, it was great to see Olympians, even like NFL players who did track, you know, kind of come around and be like, hey, what, what an idiot, man. Like, yeah, you know. But I, I we, were, we were, so we were texting a little bit about that today. And, you know, I was thinking about it and. You know, it's it's a dumb statement, but I think for certain events, like you can make the argument more than others. But distance running is just such a unique skill, you know, all in its own that doesn't really apply to any other sport. You know what I mean? Like the hundred meter dash, you can apply that to other sports pretty easily. The high jump, you can apply that to other sports pretty easily. Distance running is just a weird thing where it's just like in a it's in a league all its own. You can't really you can't really apply that skill to many things. Yeah, and I mean, I would even argue. He was probably thinking more along the lines of like sprints, right? Sure. Yeah. Like same bolt and whatnot. But I, I feel like he would even have a harsher like opinion on distance running because you're just maybe <laughs> circles. But it's just funny because a lot of people don't understand like the dynamics of it and you know how much how much of it is tactical and uh, you know just get out there and do it and see how hard it is. You know, like I don't know in. Like, track and field is also just, like, without running, there's no football or no basketball. Like, it's just all yeah. the fundamentals of what sport really is, too. So, is yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't uh, 
don't know. I was kind of checking his Twitter account, seeing if he'd come out with like a second tweet or something about maybe acknowledging like his statements, but no. Nah. Nah, he knows what he's doing. He's drumming up controversy. Yeah, That's what he wants to do. That's what he gets paid to do, right? right I mean, I, I see so. it in my I see it in my dining hall every day. They have that on on the TVs, and it gets kind of old, but yeah. That's just him, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As big as a clown as he is, and normally I'd say, like, ignore him because he just wants that, it's good when you have something like that to bring to the people out of the woodwork on track and field. And yeah. kind of just, like, brings the whole community together. Like, I know that's what he wants, but it is still fun that we can all agree and just hate on Max Kellerman. Yeah. No, it's it's been fun to see all the all the discussion about it. Yeah, for sure. So... Earlier, you, you mentioned um, your teammate, Joe Klecker. And so you guys have quite an uh, interesting situation going into this cross-country season because there's no other team in the country that has a one-two punch like you guys do. And having that uh, star power up the top, I mean, you guys have a chance to, like you said, there's no clear favorite. Um, I think you guys are both equally in a situation to, to take nationals this year. Um, but more importantly... You know, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, but why will Joe not respond to me, and why will he not come on the podcast? <laughs> I didn't know you guys reached out to him. He didn't say yeah. anything about it. Yeah, he, uh, it's, it's been a while. He's ghosting me. <laughs> I don't know. I think... <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Don't answer that. <laughs> well, I just think it comes down to probably his personality. He's just a guy that, you know, wants to put in the work, and he's, I mean, he's not like too too active on social media like you know some other athletes that run you know. yeah, that's fine we'll, so. we'll just we'll just we'll know who the uh the favorite uh buffalo <laughs> is on the peak too early podcast well hold on i will say this so what we did was we all went around and we picked a team my team yeah. this year i got money on the buffalo so you can count on me joe Perfect. don't pay attention to social media stick <laughs> your training don't pay attention to us, idiots. Just get out there and win some races, all right? Yeah, that's yeah. really why I want him. I want to get him on so I can just get in his head and, you know, screw up your uh, your buffalo. <laughs> uh. John, I got I got a very important question. Uh, we're <laughs> sure. going to really change gears here. So you're from Spokane, Washington, right? Yeah. God. So perhaps like the most legendary story that my team had when I was in school Um was we were running nationals at Spokane. What's the park there that all the big meets are at? Oh, it's Plants Ferry Park. Plants Ferry Park yeah. is exactly correct. So this would have been 2013. We did it twice in my career. But um, we had those big vans, right? The big rental vans that right. you get oh, in. My. And we parked um, like near, you know, near the entrance or whatever we get out. We're running around. We come back and like all of our backpacks are stolen. So there's a big hole in the side of like the doors. They even drilled right through the key. Um, oh, really? The coach came back and she got mad at the assistant coach. She's like, why didn't you lock the car? And then he's like, I thought I did. And then we saw someone drilled right through. So my first question is, have you seen any like just purple backpacks lying around Spokane <laughs> lately? No, man. I mean, t- 2013 was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were nice bags, though. So I think they had lasting power. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't. I didn't realize uh, there was that kind of activity in that area in Spokane. <laughs> so, so this was they must have targeted us. Um, we did have some like high, you know, value items in there. So the cop came and he was asking us like, <laughs> what, 
what do you guys have in these backpacks so we can identify it? And so right. we're going around and like uh, just having to list through all the things that were in there. So um, my my colleagues here are, are a little you know not sure if I should go into the story, but basically we had this we had this fancy football prize and just think of like the most embarrassing thing that you could you know carry on with you like something that's for adults only and, and is for oh no and so i had to tell the cop like yes there is this you know this thing that's in the in the backpack out there so if you see a purple backpack with you know something you might get in an adult store um give me a shout out i'll let you guys know yeah if i find anything when i get back yeah there's there's a really that. weird uh police report somewhere out there in spokane washington <laughs> my buddy could probably access it too it's He's trying to, I think he's like within becoming a cop right now. Oh, let's yeah. get him on the case. Let's get him on the case. Cross-country break-in backpack scandal. Um, there can't be that many robberies in Spokane, right? Right. You'd be surprised. I mean, my house, <laughs> my house got robbed like, you know, when I was in high school. So, and I don't live like in downtown. I could live further north. Like my house is on 12 acres of land like it's out kind of like in this private secluded area so yeah you'd be surprised so being a washington guy right so we got another we got another issue with so 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 these two guys went to the same college i went to a rival college in the same conference they may have done better in some cross-country races but my college was was uh was more known for academics so we did much better academically than them so i had to explain to my co-host mike on our last podcast, he claimed that Colorado was in the Pacific Northwest. So can you please explain to my co-host, Mike, that Colorado isn't even close? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not at all. I would say we're more like Midwest, really. Like <laughs> yeah, that's, you, that's go from, there. you go from the Flatirons East, and it's just flat. It's like Kansas, man. But I would say Pacific Northwest is like, you know, you got Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana. And that's, that's, that's really <laughs> yeah, so, definitely you know, not you know, Colorado. Definitely not. You know, but Col- see, here's the thing. Colorado, like, kind of wants to be in the Pacific Northwest, no, I think is what I was getting no. at. Because Denver, you know, it's got a, a very similar vibe, like a similar Oregon. So, you know, I think it's just a, it, it's more of a, a mindset than anything. Oh, Boulder is just kind of like a smaller version of Portland, I think. Yes. Maybe not, Don't give him that. See? Maybe Look not at that. that scale of weirdness either, but like I was on my run today and I was like, man, I, I feel like we're attracting like so many more homeless here, like year after year. It's getting crazy here, but yeah, no, it's Boulder's, yeah, definitely got that kind of like Portland vibe, but not anywhere close to <laughs> <laughs> oh man well hey john um we've had a ton of fun talking with you um it's you know it's great getting to know you a little bit um we're gonna be cheering for you uh come this cross-country season especially me because i got a little bit of money on you um but we end every every interview with a quick game so mike do you want to explain down the home stretch yeah down the home stretch it's gonna be rapid fire questions for 90 seconds uh we pick a specific topic since you guys just got back to uh back to school here your topic is back to school so trent's gonna start us off timer starts on your question trentle all right here we go first question john did you do your summer reading uh no (laughs) (laughs) 
are you are you dorm living or are you off campus living? Definitely off campus. Are you more of a mechanical pencil or your standard number two pencil kind of guy? Uh, if I'm using a pencil, which is never a mechanical, <laughs> but I stick to that ballpoint pen, man. Oh, all right. You trust yeah. yourself not to make mistakes. I like it. Confidence. It's a confident man. Um, would you trade me your Doritos for a Snickers bar? <laughs> oh, Doritos, Doritos are like my favorite chip. Mm, <laughs> are you more of a morning class guy or a night class guy? Uh, I would say morning class. Yeah. Rise and grind. All right. What was the first poster that went up on the wall this year? Uh, to be honest, my room's barren right now. I still haven't put up like, anything. But I do have like some pre-posters. Of course, you, know, of course you got to need a pre-poster. Um, what's more important, uh, a back-to-school fresh cut or the back-to-school outfit? Oh, that's hard. I'm pretty big with the hair, like. I go to a Truman Barber. It's a pretty nice barber shop here in Boulder. Um, wow, free advertising. What a shout out. <laughs> I know my barber, Cole, he's the man. Um, hit him up if you're in Boulder. But um, I would say the haircut for sure. Just that confidence. Good answer. I agree. Good answer. Got to look fresh. Um, what's the joke class on your, uh, on your schedule this semester? The joke class? The joke class. Everybody's got at least one joke class going into their senior year. Which one is it for you? Um, probably philosophy and sport, but that's just because like my professor's pretty funny. But um, it's a great class though. I enjoy it. <laughs> All right, I got. Uh, were you more of a pack a lunch kind of guy or a by the school lunch kind of guy? Oh, pack a lunch. Yeah, you got to pack a lunch. Yeah, high school garbage. Great. Were you lunchbox or paper bag? Though? Ooh. Um, you know, the trend was starting to paper bag, and I was like, I just got to go to paper bag, I guess, because that's just a cool thing to do. Yeah. I felt like all the cool kids paper bag. I was <laughs> lunchbox. It was so lame. <laughs> Steve, is our last one. Uh, have you ever seen Billy Madison? If so, can you sing the back-to-school song? <laughs> I haven't seen Billy Madison. Oh, okay. Well, that's your homework for tonight is you got to watch Billy Madison. <laughs> oh man Uh, John thank you so much for coming on this has been a ton of fun like I said we're going to be cheering you on so good luck for sure thanks guys I appreciate it Uh, thanks John appreciate it it was a good time thanks take care Thanks again to to John for coming on that was a lot of fun uh, it was a good interview Um, but boys I'm feeling pretty good. He's one of the top guys coming out this year. I think he's gonna win me some money. Take me de- take down uh take down your teams. Listen, John's a, a a friend of the pod now, so I'm obviously gonna be rooting for him. I want him to be national champ. I think he's got a shot at it. But make no mistake about it. The boys from make Iowa make no mistake. Make make no mistake about it. The boys from Iowa are gonna take down the rest of his team. It's not a one man show in cross country. We all know that. You gotta have the top five. You gotta have the top seven. And Iowa's got that. We all know it. I uh I had to hold myself back during the interview from just like crapping on his team and trying to like plant <laughs> mind games in there just to screw with Steve's pick. Uh, I th- I thought I did pretty good, you know, controlling my worst instincts there. So to your point there about like crapping on teams like that, I, I thought it was pretty fun to hear from 
not just a, a, a collegiate athlete, but a very prominent collegiate athlete in the sport. Somebody who's, you know, like I said, has a chance to be a Division One national champion. Throw a lot of shade on the other teams and, you know, wasn't afraid to speak his mind about how he felt about other teams and athletes. And you can tell that he's a competitor at heart and he's, you know, not taking crap from anybody. That's what we want to see. Yeah. We want to see we want to see people care about this sport. More importantly, we want to see people care about beating other teams and winning exactly. for, for their school. So um, thanks again to John for coming on. Guys, another great episode. Um, but let's uh, let's kick off the bell line. So Mike, what do you got for people on the bell line? Steve, what I got is uh, we are one week into football season, and I don't know where I need to pick up my uh, Patriots championship shirt. But when we were watching the uh, game, we were at the bar with all the professional athletes. And it got to the point where, you know, week one, I'm usually my eyes are glued to the TV the entire time. It got to the point where I could start like socializing and meeting some of the professional runners because the game was over like four minutes into that game. Oh, yeah. It was just against the Steelers who aren't a terrible team. And they usually play the Patriots pretty hard. And that game was so over. This team is going to steamroll the NFL. I am fired up for football season. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, I got kind of a, a sad story that I wanted to save to the end so that it didn't kind of ruin the energy of the podcast. But I was out in uh, Fairlawn, Ohio this week on a work trip. And so shout out to the good people of Fairlawn, all our new listeners out there, all our new fans. It's a great area. I, I stumbled across this beautiful like park to run in it was it was the best when you're on like some random area you're thinking you have to run on crappy roads or like on strip mall you know highway crap and uh and all of a sudden i'm in the middle of the woods just running dirt trails it was wonderful but i got super lost which is uh not a bad thing when you're in the trails you know i'm out there it's it's fall like we said it's great but uh but i hadn't body glided right oh and no. so now it's you should have gotten on the feed, dude. I know. I mean, I, I had stuff ready, like in Promo the room. I, just, I thought it was gonna be a short run. <laughs> but anyways, I uh, I really struggled. You know, uh, I was starting to freak out. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm miles away with no glide right now, and this is way longer. Uh, needless to say, you know, I, I managed to to limp my way back home as soon as I found out where I was. But it was a rough like three-day stretch for me you know I was I had a lot of gold bond to recover but um yeah I had, a, I had a tough time out there so again I didn't want to ruin the vibe of the pod by yeah, why do you have to bring it early, down like that that was pretty that was tough man I think that people needed to know about it um so that they could send me their their thoughts and prayers we should Trent. start a GoFundMe for you <laughs> glad glad to hear on the road to recovery you're in our thoughts and prayers thank you um hey thank you to all of our new listeners um, this has been a lot of fun so far, and we're hoping to continue to, to grow. Um, it would be a huge help if you went out there on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. It's only going to help us uh, help us get bigger and better. So, uh, again, thank you to everybody. Other than that, yeah, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the joke. I wasn't back around the way. I ain't trying to be a player. So many things that I want to say. Oh, I got a little wiser. I don't want to lose your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Hey, I ain't got many friends I can talk to. No way to run when I'm in trouble. You know I would do anything for you. We don't have to keep it undercover. I don't want to lose your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love tonight.
Tommy in the shower right now? Uh, no, Megan is rudely doing dishes oh behind me. Oh, Megan. That's terrible. Yeah, talk to Megan. Hold on, I'm taking the headphones out. Hi. Hey, Meg, why are you, uh, washing dishes while we're trying to podcast? Oh, fuck. Don't even start. Try to be washing them while he podcasts. I'm he should make be it... washing them before he podcasts. Or that, or that too. Yeah. Megan washes the dishes even though we have a dishwasher. I don't understand. <laughs> we do not have enough dishes to use the dishwasher, so we're gonna run out of them before we run the dishwasher. No. So. I think we just buy more dishes. We have plenty Are of you, storage. Do you even live here, though? She barely even lives here. Is, I've been... This is, like, this is my house. House of Megan, right? That's right. House of Megan. I guess so. As soon as you are able, woman, I am willing to take the break that we my cup is on the table I love is spilling Waiting here for you to take and drink up If you're tired of the same old story Don't turn some page I'll be there when you are ready Clapping, felt the desert burn.